Oh, and the ladies began to sing that song, and I love that song. I turned to Revelation chapter 5, and I have a few extra minutes this morning, I believe, so I want to read these verses out of Revelation 5, verse 2. It says, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven or in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Down in verse 6, And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth unto all the earth. And he came, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And we had taken the book, the four beasts, the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials filled with odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voices of many angels round about the throne and the beast and elders and the number of them that were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Just the, the very words that these ladies so I pray that we might be singing these words as well, and even this morning as we focus upon God, upon Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, I pray that we might be able to draw our attention to him, and uh, in one of the, the uh, iPods or whatever it is called, uh, daily devotionals that we have, I mentioned uh, the riddle. What is the most valuable thing that we can give to God? And I guessed uh, my heart and others guessed my life. And, uh, but the answer is our sin. And why is that so valuable? Because it cost the most. It cost the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I'm hoping that we're thinking about that this morning as we look into her, his word. Let's open in prayer. Father, Take these few minutes we have together, use them to touch our hearts and to change our lives. Might the goal be that we become more conformed to the image of your son, Jesus. Might we recognize the important work that you did upon the cross for us. Might we realize the opportunities that you give us each day and then act upon them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like you to turn in your Bibles to, to uh, the book of Matthew, and it's Matthew 25, and you can be turning there. But uh, I, I often hear the phrase, check it out. Check it out. I remember a, a while back uh, when we could still gather going to a car show, and a couple of teenagers were standing there, and and one of them said, hey, check out that car. And the other one said, oh, you know, he got all excited. That's rad, dude, that's rad. I, I don't know what he meant by that. I assume he meant awesome, but uh, it was 
uh, check it out. Look at it and draw your own conclusion. And the conclusion that that kid reached was, hey, that's rad, whatever that means. Uh, check it out. Uh, sometimes I hear, uh, check it out. Go online. Check it out. Uh, or if you don't believe it, ask Siri. She'll tell you what it is. Check it out. I, I was reading a book, and it was yesterday, yesterday evening, reading, and I, I said, how do you say venom? And Cindy said, because I was reading this book, and, and everywhere it mentioned venom or anti-venom is what it was saying, anti-venom, uh, it was ending with an N, anti-venom. And I thought, I know this author is, is from Australia, but uh, uh, I wonder, it, it, he always uses venom instead of venom. And Cindy said, check it out. Oh, I didn't know how to check it out. She said, I'll check it out. He went on her phone, and she said, here's the definition, and it ends with N, and it's anti-venom, and this is the proper way to say it. You can also say it anti-venom. Really? Oh, she checked it out. Uh, check it out means to find out what the answer is. Draw your own conclusions, though. Uh, Jesus told the story about a CEO and three employees that he had, and each was given a great opportunity. Each had to check it out, and then they had to act upon their evaluation. And they had to decide what they would do with the opportunity that they were given. I submit unto you that every day... And everything that happens to you and to me is an opportunity. Uh, you get sick. It is an opportunity either to exalt God or insult God. You lose your job. It is an opportunity to either exalt God or insult God. You lose your spouse. Uh, either you exalt God through it or you insult God. God, you lose your retirement fund, and it's an opportunity to exalt or insult. These are opportunities. Jesus says, check it out. Why? Because I will. Check it out because I will. I, I learned to weld in college, and I learned at Autonomy Manufacturing, and they, they made uh, these Mustang front-end loaders and welded these uh, grinder mixers, the big things that hooked up to tractors. And, and so uh, when I went, I didn't know how to weld. And the guy said, well, I'll teach you how to weld. The first night you come in, because I worked night shift, went to college, Pillsbury, uh, during the day, and uh, went there at night. He said, I'll teach you to weld, the foreman there. And so the first night that I got there, he took me to a big iron table, and it was covered with parts, of, uh, big steel parts. And he said, I, I'm going to show you how to weld these up. And he showed me how to adjust the welder and the gases and, and the wire feed. And, and then he started me off, told me how to nod my head. My helmet would fall down so that it wouldn't uh, flash in my eyes. And it took me a, a few uh, flashes to learn that part of it. Uh, but uh, started welding. And so all night long, I just welded and welded. And, and the, it began to change. Uh, my welds began to look halfway like welds. And so I was getting pretty excited. And next, he came back and he looked and he said, well, that looks, uh, you're getting the hang of it. 
I've got an easy job for you to do tomorrow night. So the next night I went, and he had a basket of parts that I would put together and throw. Once I would weld them, he said, weld here and weld here, and, uh, and then toss it into the basket. And he watched me make the wells, and it seemed, hey, this is really simple. And so I welded and I welded and went all night long, throwing these parts into the basket. And towards the end of the night, a guy walked around. He had a name tag on. I didn't look at the name tag, but he was carrying a clipboard. And uh, it had red tags on it. And he stopped at my basket, and he pulled out a few and uh, looked at them, examined them, picked out a few more, picked out a few more. He took his pen, began to write on uh, this sheet that he had, and he looked again at, at the specs of what I was welding, and he looked at it, and he picked up a few more, and then he began to take out some red tags, and he clipped a red tag right on my basket of parts. And I'm not a genius, but I did know what that meant that something was wrong. And so I, I waited, and, and the foreman showed up shortly, and he said, uh, sorry, Dave, I, uh, I told you to make a well that I shouldn't, you shouldn't have made. He said, uh, because you made those wells, I can tell you what you're going to be doing the next two nights, and you're going to be grinding one of those wells off. Okay, that's all right. This inspector came and wanted to make sure it was done right. At the time, I did not appreciate it, but uh, we do need to uh, appreciate the inspector. And what God is saying here, Jesus, he's telling this parable. He's uh, in Matthew 25. He says there's going to be an inspection. We're not going to look at that part uh, this, this morning, but... Uh, he's going to come and evaluate the opportunities that he gives us. And his conclusion will be, to whom much is given, much shall be required. So Matthew 25, beginning with verse 14, just this morning we're going to read through verse 19. So 14 of Matthew 25, if you have your Bibles there, kids too, uh, maybe you have yours. For the kingdom of heaven, and this series of parables, is they're called uh, kingdom parables, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. He came with his clipboard to check it out. And so I pray this morning that we might check out what we do with our opportunities because Jesus Christ will. And we will have opportunity to exalt God or insult God by the way we respond. 
Keep it in mind. Three things I want us to see, not all today, but uh, see in this uh, passage here, three things that God is in charge of the gift, and God is in charge of the evaluation, and God is in charge of the reward. I, I pray that you might catch this as we go through these verses this morning. God is the char- in charge of the gift, verses 14 and 15. We just read, in those days, there were no corp- corporations like there are today. And so when the psalmist said, uh, lift, up, uh, your arm, lift up your heads, O ye gates, he wasn't talking about Bill Gates. He was talking about giving a personal uh, illustration uh, of the gates of the city lifting their arms and praising God. Wealth was concentrated in a few wealthy landowners. And this story is about one of them. And the master uh, gathers together his three employees, key employees, and he entrusts to them his property while he is gone. He's going to go away, but they have a responsibility, a great opportunity now, this is great wealth. Now, they, it varies from, from uh, commentary to commentary about how much a talent is, but most of them said 15 years of, of uh, salary or wage for one talent would take 15 to 20 years for a person to earn that much if they didn't have to spend any of it. And so that was a lot of money for servants, a great wealth, and for, for us it would be as well. But the master must have really trusted those servants. Uh, but what an opportunity. I want us to focus on that right now, an op- opportunity. It was delivered unto them. Uh, I like how he puts that in that verse 14. He delivered unto them his goods, given to them. They had an opportunity to learn how to invest Uh, how to make money for their master. I mean, they could buy olive vineyards and they could buy uh, uh, grape uh, vineyards and uh, olive orchards and grape vineyards and they could uh, buy the presses and they could uh, build buildings to store this in and and buy refrigerator trucks to ship it to the airport to put it into planes and, and they could brand it with a big M for master and they could fly it to the United States and it would say made in Israel, not China and it would fly off the shelves. What an opportunity they had. Or they could buy a diamond factory. We visited one of those when we were in Israel and watched them. Or, or maybe they could buy a camel and they could use that camel for tourists and give camel rides. It costs a lot of money just to take a camel ride, and it was just around a little circle, and, and so you paid him, you got on, and you got off. But maybe that was, could have been what servant number three could have invested in. This was a chance of a lifetime. What will they do with it? Hey, today is the chance of a lifetime. This, uh, you know, COVID-19, the new normal, you hear about it. It's never going to go back to the old normal. And for me, it's it's not going to go back to the old normal. And I'm a normal kind of guy, so I'm not really excited about this. But uh, from this parable, this is an opportunity. What am I going to do with this opportunity? Uh, The pastor's meetings uh, every morning 
It, it started from 9 to 10. I wanted to get done. The pastors will come in, and, and we'll discuss things, and we will bring up prayer requests. And, and so uh, we, we're discussing now. What's our new normal going to be? It's, it's not going to be a lot like our old normal, even though we would want it to be. But apparently, God is telling us, hey, this is a great opportunity. And so what are you going to do with this opportunity? We have been discussing and praying about what does God want us to accomplish. Two years ago, in our deacon's retreat, uh, we decided, we reached the conclusion there were two things that we really needed to bring about change in. One was evangelism, the other was discipleship. And so we began doing that by, by uh, asking uh, Pastor Lee Peterson to join us here. But now we're thinking through this whole thing. Maybe uh, there is a, a greater, another opportunity, other ways that we might be able to reach out but there would be some risk involved. These, uh, these servants, I, I bet they made some of their investments with fear and trembling. How is this going to turn out? What's going to happen? What's the risk involved? And I'm not a risk taker. So I, I'm afraid I would be servant number three. Well, I, I didn't want to risk it, so I buried it someplace and hid it in someplace that was really good, so uh, my wife couldn't find it and go on a shopping spree, and, and just, uh, you know, I, I don't want risk. I don't like risk. And they were coming from backgrounds where they just did what they were told. Servants, that's what servants do. They do servanty things. <laughs> they do what they're told. They go do it. Uh, they get their work done. They go to bed at night. And it's, it's on somebody else because they were told by their master what they were to do. Um, I, I, I don't like change. And those of you that know me, those of you that know that I drive a 2003 van, apparently I don't like change. I don't like change. But there are many responsibilities or opportunities out there that I miss out on. Uh, now these uh, servants, their destinies are going to change. They're, going, they're facing the new normal. Nothing will be the same for them again. Note the first employee's response, verse 16. And then, then he that had received the five talents went. Now this word, uh, this verb here, the tense of the verb, uh, says that he, he went... Uh, quickly, at once, and maybe your copy of the scripture says at once, because some of them do. Mine just says went, but it means he went at once. He didn't wait around. Uh, he didn't get sidetracked. He didn't, didn't, didn't get distracted. You know, I have to apologize to Pete. He kind of directs us all into Sunday morning, and I'm sitting waiting to come up here, and I know Heather's already told me, okay, this is the last song, and Pete said, this is the last slide, and I got a, a text from Mike McDonald. So, Mike, if you're listening, this, it was your fault that I was late getting up here. I got distracted reading and responding uh, to Matt having the baby, and I missed my cue. I'm easily distracted. Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah, Cindy knows, hey, I'm easily distracted. Follow the list, Dave. 
do the jobs in this order. You'll get distracted. You'll be sorting screws in, the, in a drawer of your garage for all day long unless you stay focused. And here, this first servant, he went at once. He didn't get distracted. I, I'm probably not the only one that gets distracted. You probably have had times when you're distracted. What does God want you to do? Oh, squirrel, squirrel. This is really important. This is urgent. But is it what the master asked me to do? And I am so thankful that every day we gather and we're able to refocus for me. Refocus. What am I supposed to do today? What does the master want me to do? What, opportun- what does he want me to do with the opportunities that he is giving me? He gives us opportunities. He gives you opportunities. Don't get distracted. The gift is from the master. Here he said he delivered unto them his goods. It wasn't the servant's goods. They didn't deserve this. This was the master's, uh, the master's goods, gifts from him. That says the master is good. Our master is good. He's not a wicked master. He is a kind and loving and generous master. And when we make him Lord, that's what we do. We say, you're, you're master. You're my Lord. And the, we, we see the, the quality of the gift. See, he doesn't have, he's not giving them garage sale junk. This is the time of year uh, since we're all, most of us are, are in our houses. Even right now, some of you listening, you're just listening because you're busy cleaning out the junk drawer. And you got a bin sitting right alongside of it, and you look at this. I haven't used this. What is this? And you throw it in the bin. And then you bring it in, and you put it in the, on the shelves uh, here in our fellowship hall. And when people come to get food from our food shelf, they look, go through the, the shelves and say, hey, I can use that. I don't know what it is, but I can use that. And you take it along with your groceries. That's not what God or the master is giving the servants during this time, he's giving them good gifts, talents, importance. Uh, we see the quantity of the gift. He's entrusted his property to his servants, and each servant receives a gift. There are no no gift servants. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, or a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ. You've trusted the work that Christ did on the cross. What did he do there? He died to pay for my sin and for your sin. If you believe that and you place your faith in him, you've asked him to forgive you and save you, then you are one of his servants and you are given a gift. Well, obviously, you're given the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we're given eternal life. We're, we're, we become joint heirs with Jesus to inherit all of God's goodness, his gifts. And so we stand in line. We're a child of God. And so that's a gift that we receive at our salvation. But it's more than that. We are each given Gift or gifts from the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts to be used for the master. 
1 Corinthians 12, it says it, uh, the, the church is like a body uh, made up of eyes and nose and ears and hands and feet. And don't uh, envy the gift that's given to somebody else. Don't, if you're an eye, don't beg to be a nose. Uh, because if we were all noses, uh, if somebody came to a church that was made up of all noses, they'd say, oh, boy, that church smelled. Or what if it, we were all eyes and one big eyeball and just all of these little eyes? That would be creepy. And we're all different to use our gifts together to fulfill the work of Christ. And it's in context, it's with a body of believers or a local church today. I know we're scattered around today, but eventually we will come back, at least in home churches maybe, around the area so we can keep the numbers down, and, and that might come soon. Maybe you'll gather in homes and watch our live stream and then discuss with those families that come in to, to spend the, the morning with you and discuss the message or get to know each other better and then have, uh, uh, have a lunch together. Romans chapter 12 uh, is a lot like 1 Corinthians 12. Given gifts, uh, even though we are members of just one body, we're given the gifts of ministry or exaltation or teaching or uh, mercy or organization or giving. Uh, this uh, has brought out some of, a lot of people's gifts, and their gift might be giving. We have the COVID-19 fund uh, as of today. I think probably $16,000 has come in for that. 13000 has gone out to encourage people already. And some that gave aren't even from our church, but they have been given the gift of giving. They realize that well, maybe we as pastors can have our fingers out there, the heartbeat of the needs of people in the community and the boxes of food from our food shelf going out every day, just people going and delivering. And some people coming in and getting some, some coming in, getting a box of food to take to their neighbors because they've lost their jobs. And just to be an encouragement to them, some of them take the box and put it on the doorstep and ring the doorbell and then and a ding-dong ditch, and, and they get out of there because they know that they're hurting. And so the gift of giving certainly has been revealed during this time. Uh, some believe they have the gift of criticism or gossip or sarcasm or lying or stinginess. Hey, those aren't gifts. Uh, they're not mentioned in Scripture in a positive way at all. So every good gift is chosen by the master. Every gift that you get by the, from the Holy Spirit is a good gift to be used for the master. What are we doing with our gift? Uh, I hope we're using it. I, we, we have uh, like B. Enland. There's not a lot of ways that she can uh, she witnesses to the ones that come into her nursing home room, and she talks to them and encourages and gives out tracts. But as far as gathering with us 
and uh, using a gift, no matter what it might be. Here she is, she's blind and in a wheelchair. And I have had people ask, why, why do you let B sing? That's her means of expressing her, her gratitude to God. She doesn't have a lot of ways to do it. She does, she's not able to, to work with her hands or use her feet. But what about us that have so many uh, abilities? Are we using them for the master? He's given us uh, uh, five talents or two talents or one talent. Are we using the gift for the master? Every gift is chosen by God. I may not, not like the gift that I have. I might envy somebody else for their gift. But why would I do that? Because the gift that God gave me came from his hand and uh, came from God. So it's better for me to use the gift that God has given me than to wish for somebody else's. The master made me the way that I am, the way that I look, the family I come from, the hardships I might have gone through, although I haven't gone through hardships much. But... uh, a young lady came to me several years ago and said, Pastor, I was sexually abused when I was a little girl a number of times. And if, if in your counseling you come across someone that has gone through that, I want to give them my name. Feel free to give them my name so that uh, they can talk to me about it. She said it was a tough thing. But I realized that God had a reason for it. This, and I, either I can exalt God or I can insult God. It is something that came from him. From his hand, although Satan used somebody else, my, your, your mind, your abilities, your spiritual gifts, your body, your money, uh, came from God. The master is good all the time. The master is generous there were no no talent servants in the story. Uh, I, I would want to say, well, can I be servant number four, the no talent servant? Uh, it may be. The, uh, the master is committed. The, he offered to partner with us. I am encouraged when I read that... Um, he went, said, he that received the five talents in verse 16, went, quickly, left, went. He responded. Just the other day, I think it was in, in uh, Costco, I walked by a TV, and it was during the Price is Right. And it was just at the time, the announcer says, so-and-so, come on down. And immediately, from one of the seats in the, in the back, uh, some person jumps screaming and waving their hands and, and uh, hugging everybody around them. There was no question whose name they had called because uh, this was a great opportunity. And finally, they work their way down, hugging everybody. It doesn't happen today, uh, and it won't for a while. Hugging everybody, going down there and jumping around and acting like an income poop. And, and uh, now, what if they had said, Dave Grosky, come on down. 
I would have to tell you that I'd probably sit there, look around and wonder, are there any more Dave Grotskys in here? Am I the Dave Grotsky he's calling? Now this servant, he, he went immediately. He didn't get distracted. He knew what he had to do. And God is committed, or the master here is committed, to partner with each of these men. I'm going to give you talents. I'll guide you when you need wisdom. I will encourage you when you fall. I will pick you up when, you're, when you sink. I'll forgive you when you stray. We're in this together, the master and the servants. But we lose sight of that. And we shouldn't. Check it out. Check out the master. This is the chance of a lifetime. An opportunity. During this time, COVID-19 is an opportunity for us to serve God in new ways, in different ways. And he's expecting us to respond and, and maybe be, oh, that's rad, dude. Or in some way, respond. The third servant failed to take his opportunity. Don't be caught in his sandals. Check it out. Because someday he will. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now for those that may have not, may have never placed their faith in you. Those that are distracted with the things of this world, the allure of Satan, the allure of sin, and have determined, well, I will wait until later, and then I will ask Jesus to save me. I'll live my life, and then I'll, I'll just, uh, then I will come to know you. Lord, if that's the case, might they realize that they can't be distracted by these things. They are offered an opportunity of eternal life right now. Might they call on you and be saved. But Lord, I, I know that there are many that are sitting back and they'll become the number four servant or the number three servant, that they have received the talent, they've received the gift from his hand and they've buried it. They've lost sight of what the master wants them to do in investing it for his glory. If that is the case, might right now they determine, Lord, show me the opportunity again so I can respond like that first servant and immediately go. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.